welcome to Why Play Music. I'm your host, Steve Burke. In this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by my good friend, Derek Dupuy. Derek Dupuy is a songwriter and a multi-instrumentalist, originally from Salem, Massachusetts. Since graduating from Berklee College of Music, Derek has since moved to Brooklyn, where he works as a sideman, performing with a variety of different projects. He also produces his own blend of pop, rock, and prog music. Derek has toured as a keyboard player and singer for the Video Game Orchestra, a gig that has taken him on tours through Asia, Europe, and South America. Derek and I have played together in various projects for over seven years now. Derek is a deep thinker and is without question one of my favorite musicians. I seem to grow as a musician each time I get to play with him. Derek and I discuss creativity, moving to New York, and what got him involved in music in the first place. The first piece of music we perform was written by Derek Dupuis and is titled Don't Let Me Kill Your Plants. The final song is Ain't Wasting Time No More by the Almond Brothers. I hope you enjoy this episode. Without further ado, here's my conversation and jam with Derek Dupuis. people 
see your mother I think I'll just head out the door Don't let me kill your plans Don't let me overstay my welcome Don't let me kill your plans Let's just pretend So Derek, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you for for having me here, Steve. Yeah, episode two. So how's everything going? It's going good. It's going yeah. good. Oh, we're currently for for those of you listening uh, in whatever time uh, you are. The future. The future. For those of you listening in the future, we had a, a pretty bad uh, COVID season. Um, so just been laying low. Uh, the holidays are over, so I've just been out trying to stay safe and all that. Now you've been in New York for how long? You moved here shortly before COVID, yeah? Uh, yeah, or shortly after COVID, actually. It's I've been here uh, bouncing around. I was here in in 2020 for two months, but more long term, I've I've been here for almost exactly a year. Wow. Um, I moved into my my current room. Uh, I think about a year ago. It was either January 4th or 5th. Is that right? Yeah. Right. And so you live in one of those houses where there's like a whole bunch of musicians. So what's that experience been like? Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. (laughs) How many musicians live in that house? There are eight very talented musicians in this house. Uh, We're all, our ages range from like 23 to 30 or something like that. Um, and they're all just wonderful people and it's very inspiring to live in a, uh, an environment like that. Sounds like it. Yeah, it must be. I mean, it's an inspiring thing to be in New York in general, Mm -hmm. but to also be surrounded by like seven other musicians, it really, it really must be something. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, in a way it kind of reminds me of when I was back in, in college, I went to Berkeley college of music, um, and I was living in the dorms there. So in a way it's, it seems kind of familiar where you can just walk down your hallway and you're hearing 
three different musical projects going on. Everybody's practicing a different thing. Everybody's exploring in their own way, and you're kind of absorbing it um, from the other side of the door. Um, but this is kind of better because I don't have to worry about like doing homework and <laughs> and I'm not living in one room with three people in it. So right. it's a good time. <laughs> so here we are. You know, I, one thing I like to ask is, is if you had to describe yourself, how would you describe yourself? How would you, how would you describe what you do musically, but also, you know, what, what do you have to say about yourself as a person? Like, how, how would you introduce yourself? Ooh. Oh, wow. Man, that's a hard question. <laughs> I always have trouble answering that kind of question. Um, uh, how would I describe myself? How would I introduce myself? Hi, I'm Derek. Um, I am. Uh, oh, I'm not sure. I I I I love music, um, obviously, <laughs> and uh, um, uh, Steve, you might want to cut this part out later. <laughs> but like, <laughs> well, all right. So, what, what instruments? What instrument do you play? Uh, piano primarily. Uh-huh. Um, I like to sing too. Yeah. When I think of you, I definitely think of like somebody who's definition of a multi-instrumentalist. I mean, it seems like you just play every instrument. As long as I've known you, you've been better at me, better than me at my main instrument, first of all. And then on top of that, you're also seem to be better at every, better at every other instrument than anybody else around. And I'm just, I'm just buttering you up. I know, but like, seriously, <laughs> you're, you seem to play so many instruments. So I guess maybe if you just start at the beginning, like what was your first instrument? How did you get into playing music? Like t- take us back to the beginning. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Thanks for asking that. Uh, it's a good way to ask it. Um, I, well, primarily I, I play piano. I, I say that because I, in terms of formal training, I, I, I learned through piano and mm-hmm. I took lessons in that, but I grew up singing. Um, I grew up playing harmonica uh, I tried to teach myself guitar. Um, I grew up in a really musical family. Um, so I guess if I could describe myself in a really odd way, I would, uh, sometimes I, I think that I'm natively a musician mm. because I was, I feel like I was, I was born into this, this family that, that is very musically adept. Um, my, my dad's, my father is a, a drummer and an incredible singer. Um, his whole side of the family is, uh, they're all really talented singers. Like my grandparents play and they sing. My cousins are also amazing musicians. Um, my sister too. Um, so I, from the moment I was born, I was always hearing people singing. I was always hearing instruments being practiced. I was always hearing, uh, bands being rehearsed in my house. I used to be like, as a really tiny kid, I would run down to the basement where my dad's band was practicing and they'd be playing like Beach Boys tunes. I remember like they were practicing that um, that one harmony part in Good Vibrations mm. by the Beach Boys, where it's uh, it's just this this acapella break and it's this giant chord like ah, and they were they were just drilling it over and over again because it's it's this giant complex chord. But I remember hearing that live and and being like worked through in my own house when I was I don't know like four years old or something like that. And that had quite an impact on you to hear to hear people singing in harmony, practicing and working on music, like working hard on music. It sounds like yeah, absolutely. And and another thing, um, I mean, talking about multi instrumentalism and just being able to dabble in a couple instruments is that I I had those resources available mm-hmm. because I knew I grew up with so many different musicians that there was always uh, 
a guitar or a bass or a piano lying around the house. So what was it about the piano? You said that was kind of your first, that was how you really learned music. Mm-hmm. What was it about the piano you think that drew you at an early age? Mm. I, I, honestly, the, the ability to play a lot of notes at once in a very easy way uh, was a, was a big thing. Um, I remember uh, hearing another musician in an interview talk about how the piano is like almost like the, the shrine of, of harmony because it's just all of the notes are laid out just on 88 keys. Um, and th- I think that's what drew me to it. I was able to play these really full things and also have my, I was also able to sing while I was doing it because it I wasn't like a wind instrument. Um, and it was easier to press the strings than to try to coordinate strumming a guitar. So I could focus on playing this rhythm and these great chords and, and sing at the same time. And that really, that really got me into loving music um, because I, my my first love of of playing was was just working out these these pop songs and these rock songs and just doing piano and voice, learning the chords, learning how to sing it, and just playing it for hours. And so you primarily learned by ear by just listening to music and trying to figure it out. Yeah, totally either by ear or if there was a chord I couldn't figure out, I would go to Google and uh, look up like, you know, the guitar, <laughs> guitar tabs.com or something and look up like a chord sheet. Uh-huh. And yeah, that was, that was how I, I did it. And it was that paired with formal piano lessons. So I feel like half of my practice schedule would be like a little bit of what I was supposed to be playing for lessons. And then a lot of the Beatles, like whatever I was listening to at the time, I would just try to, try to recreate that on the piano. And did you have a teacher who was sort of rigid and, and teaching you classical music, teaching you like piano repertoire, or you did you have a piano teacher who was kind of showing you songs like what you wanted to learn, like the Beatles songs? My piano teacher, well, I had, I had a few different piano teachers as a kid, um, but the, the one that I stayed with for the longest, uh, and that was a pretty long time, Andrea Kowalski, or Pensa, I can't remember her last name actually, um, she uh, she did teach me classical type music and repertoire, a lot of technique, which was great. But she also was very open to whatever I was drawn to myself, which was really, um, re- really, really welcoming and really good. And I think that really made me unafraid to pursue whatever I wanted to Um and I think that also has to do with because she she herself as a musician is open to um, I, I follow her a little bit in her own musical endeavors. And she's not just a strict classical pianist. She's she does so much more. Um, and having a teacher like that, I think, who's really open to that kind of thing will. Yeah, will, it, it allows you to just learn whatever whatever you can. And I think that's like the classic story, right? I think that's the classic story for, unfortunately, for so many adults, which is that you had a teacher when you were a child who who wasn't that way, somebody who was very rigid and not really open to what, say, I don't know, an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old is interested in learning or, you know, learning Beatles songs when you're supposed to be learning classical piano repertoire. Mm -hmm. And that's the classic story, right, that so many people gave up on music because 
it was taught in that way. And they never got that moment that luckily sounds like you did. And I certainly did, which was you got to take over your own musical direction and you got to start playing the music that really spoke to you. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like what the music that really spoke to you when you were younger was like the Beatles, Beach Boys. Oh yeah. Yep. What are some others? Ah, uh, the Beatles and the Beach Boys were, were the two the two heavy hitters i think i think i almost listened to them exclusively from maybe uh late elementary school until the end of middle school i think <laughs> it was it was a real it was really an obsession um and then i got into high school and i uh randomly found russia's moving pictures album and that i feel like really opened up a whole other plethora of 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 bands that, that I just, just found and, and discovered in the same vein. And that, and that really kickstarted other things that I got interested in and just really opened up my mind. In what sort of ways, like Rush obviously being like a real heady kind of prog rock kind of sound, did that lead you towards things like jazz or like modern kind of fusion sounds? Is that, is that it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, uh, I mean, when I would listen to the Beatles or the Beach Boys, those two bands are, oh, they're so complex already. Sure. Um, but I never really paired them or, or connected them with other kinds of, or other genres. Um, I was always just like, this is rock. This is pop rock. So I wouldn't really check anything out other than that. But when I started listening to Rush and then listening to Yes and Genesis and Jethro Tull um, and King Crimson, I whenever I would like research these bands and read about them, I would always see these other genres connected to them. Like, Oh, they're like, they're like a jazz rock band or like, this is like an element of, of jazz music. And, and they would do all these technical things that were just so much more expansive and, and crazy <laughs> to, to put it that way. Um, so in that way, I, I felt like I was my, I was just more open to uh, more, interesting and eclectic music um and i think it just kind of expanded from there wow so you were really into music i mean i think i met you when you were maybe still in high school when i met you i think Mm. is that could that be true yeah i think i was a senior wow (laughs) yeah and then shortly after that like not long after that we were in a band together with sarah siminski eric reardon and Derek Hayden called sarah and the wild versatile and we did that for several years. So, I mean, that's, that's really where you and I got to know each other. Yeah. That was a really amazing time for me. Uh, hopefully for all of us. Like I, that, I think playing with you guys was the first time that I really experienced like consistent live performance Mm. and playing in public performance spaces that like wasn't connected to a school or something like that. Um, so I'm really thankful for that time and, and the things that we did in that band as a band, because it was really an incredible experience. Yeah, same here. I mean, we spent a lot of time working through things and um, playing a lot of gigs and traveling a little bit. And that was at a time for me where I was really playing a lot of kind of local gigs around Boston and um, really getting into that world as well, like playing five nights a week, you know, playing lots and lots of gigs, kind of making a living as a professional musician for the first time. But what's wild is that while that was going on, you were going to Berkeley at that time. Yeah. (laughs) So I remember playing gigs with you and you were, you know, you'd have to catch a train back to Boston or you'd have to like 
be at class early the next day. Ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was an, an amazing time. I just remembered you were playing a six string bass during that period. That's right. That was, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I played an Ibanez six string bass for like maybe like three or four years. And it was around that time that I that I kind of re fell in love with the fender basses and like started playing four string fender basses kind of exclusively. And that's kind of where I'm at now, but I still love the six string. Mm, yeah. I mean, I love the six string too. I think that might've been <laughs> this. I think watching you play six string was probably the first time I saw a real six string bass. Is that right? Uh, yeah. In real like, life. In person. In the wild. Yeah. And then it was like a little while after that, that I found out about like Thundercat and like Anthony Jackson. Mm. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was really, really cool to see. So like, let's fast forward a little bit. So you moved to New York uh, about a year ago permanently and you yep. did the thing, which a lot of, a lot of people from Boston seem to do. I certainly did it where you sort of dip your toes in, maybe do a lot of traveling back and forth, some extended stays in the city. And then eventually you found a place and you set up kind of permanently. I mean, that's a big move and it's a big move to kind of leave your home scene and to leave your hometown and come to New York and lots of people do it. And it's a difficult thing to do. Mm -hmm. What is the reason for you being in New York? Do you think what draws you here? Ooh, I think it's, well, the energy is one thing. And I know a lot of people say that about this city, but it's just, Oh, the energy of the city. Um, but that really is one of them, uh, because people are constantly just exploring and discovering and working on new things. And I, I needed that reinvigoration at this time in my life. Um, I think there's more opportunities here. There's so many people to meet so many incredible musicians and artists to, to connect with and get to know and, and be friends with. Um, yeah, that's, uh, those are the, the big reasons, you know? And, and going back to the reasons why you really fell in love with music, it sounds like, you know, your family was doing it. It's a big part of who you are and it's a big part probably of your ideas of family and of home and of, you know, happy. I'm sure a lot of your happy memories are associated with playing music with your family, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. to be here in New York City, you know, it, it does take you away from that. I know we're not that far away from Boston or Salem, but mm -hmm. um, there, is there... As you've gotten older, what are some of the other reasons that you're really pursuing music? I mean, you got to make some money. You're really good at it, um, but it's a difficult lifestyle. What do you think keeps you in music? What What do you think is the thing that that pushes you forward? That allows you to keep kind of going with this, in a lot of ways, difficult career path. Mm. Well, I feel like I'm disco almost discovering myself still. And a lot of the ways that I discover myself and new, learn new things about myself is, is through making music. Um, because it, I, I think that it's, it's a, music is a form of communication, and I feel very comfortable communicating in that way. Um, and so when I'm learning to say new things, it, I, I feel like I personally... Am, am learning things about myself and, and almost enlightening myself mm. in a kind of way. So I guess maybe personal discovery is one big one. It, it, that's really interesting. So like in what ways does music allow you to go deeper? So you get new ways of expressing yourself, but what kinds of things have you learned? Mm. 
It's a good question. <laughs> it's um, how to love myself, um, how to be confident in myself, mm. how to... Um, what's the word? Uh, how to show myself in front of people, how to... Um, how to be myself in front of people, I guess. Uh, that might be a really vague way to say it, but... <laughs> no, I'm with you. And, and, and so music, being able to, like, is it to be able to successfully play music? Is it to play music and to know that you have an effect on people? Like, is that, is that a, gives you confidence? It, it makes you realize that, you know, as you said, you love yourself, you're capable of being loved, that what you're doing is valuable. Is it that? Is it, is it that validation from other people or is it more like sort of a self-discovery of what's in there and then like you like what's, what's coming out of you regardless of an audience? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. At this point in my life, the, I try not to think about how other people are, are, are viewing me or how other people are reviewing my, <laughs> the music I make. Um, so it really is about what, what I'm showing myself, mm. I guess, and how I feel about what I'm doing. Um, I guess lear like building up confidence and learning confidence just for myself is, is like a really big thing right now. Um, because that's also a thing that I've always struggled with, uh, musically and outside of music. So I use music as a way to build that and build up a way to love myself. Um, because it's, it's a beautiful thing and it's therapeutic. Um, and it, it just feels fulfilling. Is there sort of a spiritual side to your music? Like, is there a spiritual component to your relationship with music? Hmm. Um, I, I guess the short answer, no. Um, but there are times when I, I, you know, you, you have that feeling that like, oh my God, you've just reached another level of something. Um, whether it's for a moment or, or for a little bit. Um, but in terms of like, if, if you meant like a religious kind of thing, no, not really. Mm. Although I did go to church as a kid and that the music in, in church did have an effect on me and, and honestly did push me towards pursuing music. Interesting. Do you consider yourself a spiritual person today? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that, I guess that's the thing I'm still trying to figure out right now. Um, at the moment, no, but I guess my mind is always opened if, if I ever feel something different or, or have a different view. So you moved to New York, and how's it been going? It's been going well. Um, You're enjoying it? Yeah, I'm having a great time. Um, I mean, at the at the moment, COVID is uh, ravaging the land. Yeah. Um, so that, that definitely makes things makes things unique. Um, I feel like I'm having a much different experience than, than a lot of, than other people at different points in time. Um, because you know, when I first moved here, I wasn't able to go anywhere. It was like, you had to stay at home. <laughs> it was like, yes, I'm in New York, but I have to stay in my room all right. the time. Um, and for me, that was great in a way. I actually loved it because being in this city, um, and just being in a new environment and having this, like almost this fresh start and this reinvigoration that that was a really, uh, fruitful period for me. Um, but definitely not the typical 
moving to New York type of experience. Right. I, 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 I think when most people move to New York, you spend all your money going to clubs and checking out all the baddest musicians around for the first few months until you realize like, you know, you can't keep that lifestyle up. Or for you, that wasn't even an option. Like what, what clubs? I mean, might've been like somebody playing in Prospect Park or something, but you weren't going to the village and checking out whoever, you know, yeah, smalls or whatever. Exactly. I can probably count on one hand, like how many shows I've actually seen in the city since wow. I've moved here. Wow. <laughs> probably only really a handful of shows in the whole year I've been here. Um, and it also made it more challenging that I, I decided not to drink alcohol for all of 2021. So there was, I wasn't just going to go to a club and, and drink because I would just be drinking water. <laughs> so I would have like the conditions were if I was going to go see a show, it had to be, you know, the COVID cases had to be low. I had to be vaccinated. Um, and I had to drink water. <laughs> <laughs> so the music had to be really good yeah to get you out of the house and get you over there <laughs> exactly exactly yeah i mean i mean i think for so long it was it was kind of a challenge but there was a period i think in the summer of 2021 where it was it really was coming back and uh it, it was a good time and i know i saw i was able to see some music um but you know the not drinking thing i think works to your advantage because as we were talking about, I mean, drinking in New York is just unbelievably expensive. Drinking alcohol in general is expensive uh, pretty much everywhere. But in New York City, it's a whole nother level. Um, but going out to see clubs, I mean, you pay like a $15 cover and then it's a two drink minimum plus tip. And it's easily a $50, $60 night just to go see whoever at the 55 bar, wherever you end up. Yeah, for so, sure. So maybe it's not such a bad thing that, you know, you, <laughs> you experience New York without drinking for a little while. Yeah. Well, that was the, the big advantage or the, the, the big plus of not drinking. It was uh, like a tip for all of you listening. Um, if you want to really say, if you don't want to spend any money at a bar you go to, uh, just order a soda or, or some seltzer water because in, in a lot of cases the bartender will be way too stressed out to even ask you for money um, because I think most times I, I went in and ordered a, a non-alcoholic drink I would like start handing them some cash and they'd be like no 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 please go away <laughs> and I would usually just get a drink for free and I wasn't even playing <laughs> so, <laughs> it's kind of nice it's yeah. very nice not a bad strategy. Yeah, not at all. Now, one thing that I mean, I admire you in a lot of for a lot of different reasons, your musical ability for sure, but one one thing that was really inspiring was earlier last year, I guess about a year ago, you did a project where you were releasing like a new video. I mean, you did a few challenges, like creative challenges that were amazing, but the f the first one that I remember you doing was um releasing a new video every day for 30 days. And these weren't just like little videos of you talking. These were like fully edited, clever, like video editing, musical. I mean, they were little works of art. They were amazing. I mean, what, what inspired you to do that project? Ooh, that was a, a mix of, um, a lot of desires I had. Um, I'm, I, I've, uh, for a while I've desired to be, uh, consistent with whatever I'm trying to do. Um, I've been really big on trying to, to build up discipline or really to just gain discipline. Um, so I was finally able to somehow trick myself into, um, you know, having that discipline to wake up every day and make, do that exact project 
um, for a whole 30 days. Um, I guess the only thing that that inspired me to do it was just feeling uh, not feeling good about my discipline or my um, uh, consistency for for a number of years. Uh, so this was just a challenge that came up that I thought of that was like, maybe this will finally, you know, have some leeway or this will finally make a difference. Well, one thing that was great about it was that, you know, I think as players, as as people who play in bands and, and get called for gigs and things like that, it's like I, I realized during the pandemic that I had spent a lot of years playing a lot of music and not necessarily recording a lot of music and definitely not taking charge of a lot of projects or the thing I, I was, I didn't have my stamp on a lot of the things that I had been involved in for the last 10 years of my life or whatever. Mm. And I think that the pandemic showed a lot of us that, that, you know, when the gigs are gone and, and there's, you know, it's just you, like what, what can you make? You know? And I think a lot of people spent a lot of money on recording equipment and compute computers and cameras and things like this, because we have this desire to express ourselves and we can't do it at a bar or, you know, in your case on, on stage, um, do you feel like you have this desire now having done that? Do you feel that there's a desire to continue like a habit of creation every day or, or just like constantly having a project to, to complete? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really do want to, I want to keep that consistency going, um, which is hard, but that's, I, I don't want to not ever do that again um and i think doing that project really um helps build up my confidence of of a derek dupuy solo career or derek dupuy as its own artistic entity of me as my own artistic entity i don't know why i said that in the third person but <laughs> versus derek dupuy the keyboard player for hire the exactly gun yeah yeah the guy who can just play keyboards in the back and and you know he doesn't really, he doesn't, oh, he doesn't write music or he doesn't really express himself on his own, that kind of thing. Nothing against Sidemen in that way. Sure. <laughs> there's, there's two totally different worlds. Um, one is completely of improvisation and then another one is building up um, a multifaceted kind of like media thing, I guess, or, you know, just writing, songwriting and stuff like that. Yeah, making things. Yeah. Like actually making things versus just this other quality of music, as you say, this other way of doing it. You you said improvisational, like it's like an ephemeral quality of music that is kind of built into music that we play it and then it's gone. Mm -hmm. And that's also what makes it great. That's, that's what's so special about a great concert that you go to say, I think is that it really existed, but it only existed for that moment. And you can snap a picture, you can take, a lousy video on your phone, but you can't take it with you that music happens in the room and it, and that's, that's what makes it so special as an art form. Yeah. And that's, that's beautiful in its own way. Yeah. And, and very almost exclude like exclusive and unique. And it was like, you, you had to, you had to be there or, you know, the experience is there and then it's gone. Um, and then you just have to experience something different later. But I think like one thing that I've realized is that writing music and actually making things is kind of an expression of the same kind of thing. Like whatever song comes out of you, or in your case, whatever video you made that day is not going to be the same video that would have come out two weeks from now if you had procrastinated on it or delayed it. Like there's a quality about creation that is still kind of improvisational, don't you think? Like songwriting is still kind of performative in a way. 
Would you agree? Oh yeah, totally. I think whatever you create at whatever time is totally influenced by what is what is happening right at that moment. And yeah, you're totally right. It it could be completely different if you waited a day or a week or anything like that. Um, yeah. yeah. So what's inspiring you these days? Ooh. Hmm. I'm not sure. Well, well, we just finished the holidays. So thinking a lot about friends and family, that's been really inspiring music, like especially musically. Um, all the roommates are back in the house Mm. and I'm inspired. I'm always inspired playing with them. Um, I'm inspired playing with my family too. I was just in my grandparents' house for Christmas and my, my grandmother was at the piano, like playing some Christmas tunes and just like watching that is inspiring itself. Um, and then apart from that, just trying to listen as much as I can. I've been on a big George Harrison kick recently <laughs> because of the, the, the Beatles documentary that came out. Um, so it's really been that. And books, too. Trying to get inspired by books and, and video games. What books are really inspiring to you these days? Or just throughout your life, even. Like, what are some books that really haven't had a big impact on you? Uh, science fiction has been really big. Um, I'm currently on the third book of Dune, the Dune series, and that series is just incredible. I feel like nobody really talks about anything after the first book, but really that whole series is just so wild in terms of how all of these intense and convoluted storylines interconnect and mm-hmm. and how the different characters just have so many different sides to themselves. Um I also just got a Kurt Vonnegut book uh, for Christmas, which you re- recommended, which is why I asked for it. <laughs> so <laughs> trying to read uh, the Sirens of Titan little uh, by little. <laughs> one of my very favorites. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, you've been you've been diving in a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So Malachi Constant is just uh, getting started on his adventure. Um, but I'm not very good at reading two books at once. So <laughs> it's like I read a couple pages of, of Kurt Vonnegut and then I got to go back to the Frank Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, you know, we won't go too much further here. I, I just really appreciate your time. Thanks for thanks for being on the show. I guess we as we wrap up, um, I mean, the main question, central focus of this podcast, the main question we're trying to get at is why do we play music? Why do you play music? Um, I think everybody's answer to the reason why is really fascinating because as we pursue music as a career or even just as a serious hobby, it's expensive, it's difficult to make money, um, it's challenging mentally, it's it's just a difficult path. I mean, it's probably a lot easier to go into like coding or, or investment banking or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no offense to coders or investment bankers, but the money is just, it's, it's a real, it's a real factor for musicians and it's difficult. Mm -hmm. So I'll just ask you in a blank kind of way, why do you play music (laughs) in your own words? I play music. Um, short answer. It, it is very, it's a very comfortable thing. It's a very familiar thing for me, um, because of my, my upbringing and just being around it all the time. Um, but at the same time, I still feel like I can discover new things and push myself and and learn about myself, like I said earlier. So, yeah, I, I, I play music because it feels really familiar and, and comforting and almost homey to me, um, but it's still satisfying. 
and it also, as you said, is an avenue for self-reflection and personal growth now mm-hmm. as an adult. It's, it's a channel for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's my main channel for that, to be honest. That's great. Well, Derek, thanks so much. So uh, let's um, wrap it up. And, and could you mention a few places where people can find you online? I know you have a couple of records on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Under my own name, Derek Dupuis, D-U-P-U-I-S is my, my last name. That's how you spell it. Um, so I'm on Spotify. I'm on Instagram. You can find me on my first and last name as well. Um, at the moment, that's it. Website is going to be coming soon. All right. Great. Derek Dupuy, thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Cool. Bye. Last Sunday morning, the sunshine felt like rain. A week before, they all seemed the same. With the help of God and true friends, I come to realize I still have two strong legs and even wings to fly. So meanwhile, I ain't wasted time no more. Cause time goes by like pouring rain, yeah. Faster things, oh yeah. Looking like you're dying But step yourself outside And look up at the stars above You go on downtown, baby And find somebody to love And meanwhile, I Ain't wasting time no more This time goes by like Hurricanes, yeah Faster things, oh no
after many years have gone and all the wolf freaks die off leaving us alone we'll raise our children in the most peaceful way we can it's up to you big brother to try and try again so here is now we ain't wasted time no Running after the subway train Don't forget the pouring rain Pouring rain now